Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. This is a big one, I think. Oh, yeah. Right? I could see this that, a, yeah. This is one I've been excited about for a long time. This has been on our docket for a long time. Yeah, I'm uh, Eric. I'm Charlie. This is a movie podcast. And what, three years ago now, probably? Two at least. God, we so watched, long ago. We watched When a Stranger Calls Back and did an episode. And on fell that. in love with it. Absolutely. Right? When a Stranger Calls Back, I think, with our movie group, got one of the best like reactions. Everybody was scared. It was a scary this movie. And everybody was into this movie yeah it blew the room away i don't think anybody had seen it right total out of nowhere early 90s made for showtime horror perfection didn't know didn't know it existed no when we watched it i knew the original existed i had heard of this original movie but i've but, never seen the original but never until saw now yeah we are when a stranger calls back purists <laughs> each going into our first time see I have seen the 2006 When a Stranger Calls. There you go. I have not seen the original When a Stranger Calls. So we are... Until now. Until now, man. And I have always heard of this movie as like one of the scariest, right? Like the the original. Absolutely. This is the movie that like scared parents, right? Everybody was going to the theater and getting scared by this movie. Kind of an infamous, uh, scary, actually scary movie, right? Right. A sc- uh, like a famously scary premise, like one of uh-huh. those myths that like is so real. And so go back several years, listen to When a Stranger Calls Back, that episode. The first 20 minutes of When a Stranger Calls Back with Jill Sholin, I think is among the scariest things. The dread and the fear I've had watching that mm-hmm. is so real, man. And so... When a Stranger Calls had the original rep for that. It's crazy that he went back and did it again. He basically remade. He remade his, his own original premise movie in the 15 90s years later, right? With the same characters having yeah, having different roles, but Fred yeah. Walton's a cool guy, right? That's a that's a crazy thing to do anyway, but he in, I like a guy who knows what he's good at. He's like, "You know what? I nailed it the first time. I can do it again." But this guy is he understands like horror gimmicks, but how good you can make those horror gimmicks cuz in mm-hmm. between that he did April Fool's Day, totally different kind of cool horror movie, right? right. Totally different horror, babe. Deborah Foreman. Mm. And uh, mm-hmm. he did this. If if we're not going to be doing this one soon, man, Dead Air. Oh, I don't know if, the, I, gr- if I even know that one. So, you know, the cool brand of horror. So the horror genre of like a talk radio guy getting like harassed by a killer slightly different <laughs> oh, premise of uh, like when a stranger say, calls so a threatening phone call yeah uh, leading to terror but it's yeah. like eric bogosian like, yeah. <laughs> instead of a babysitter it's a shock jock <laughs> yeah. i love that so okay it's a gregory hines version of that hines is the dj oh wow who's getting like the threatening calls like that this person harmed like his wife Oh, he's not going to like that. No, it's like a made-for-TV Heinz movie. So this guy's been doing this kind of like gimmick horror, but really well for his whole day. But coming back 15 years later and remaking your movie. 
that was already like that'd be crazy if there was two jaws <laughs> yeah absolutely. in the early 90s jaws was just also a really great jaws that's it that's true right yeah it's really wild right spielberg's <laughs> like we're doing jaws too but it's jaws like is back a younger jaws but original jaws is also in it yeah. <laughs> a lot of original characters including original jaws all back it's a mentor young jaws it's, i love it it's wild right it's unheard of that they could both be this good so the whole thing when a stranger calls the original i've now seen this premise in multiple forms this invented the premise right i was gonna say yeah this is a like such a done premise yes the babysitter being terrorized uh and then on top of that the the phone call coming from inside the house right like yeah that's man such a sta- that's like a standard so what's crazy is my horror history is so like uh you know we can only watch what we watch right we can't help the order but like the exact same line is in Black Christmas, mm-hmm. which was five years before this, right? Like the verbatim same line. So I know I've seen that, you know, Black Christmas in theaters in different groups and everybody always reacts to that line. But nobody actually knows it's from <laughs> like everybody remembers it from When a Stranger Calls. So yeah. This sent me down this whole after we watched uh, When a Stranger Calls this last week. Send me down this whole Black Christmas rabbit hole, being like, so why wasn't, why does everybody know it from this movie? Mm. I did not realize Black Christmas was not a hit in the United States. Oh, yeah. We did the Black Christmas. I did not remember. I've been living that in this been fantasy land. More recently discovered, right? Yeah. When Black here. Christmas is maybe my favorite horror movie ever, I think I just have the, you know, rosy cheeked attitude that everybody agreed with me mm-hmm. everybody was well, seeing surely. this movie yeah. right surely they agree with the best horror movie but then it was like oh no it didn't impact the states at all and the reasons get better and better first off it was a canadian smash hit mm-hmm. the third highest grossing movie in canadian history wow grossing almost two million dollars <laughs> <laughs> What was happening in Canadian cinema in the 70s where it's like, we got a real record breaker here, folks. Uh, yeah. We're reaching the unparalleled two mark. I think they only had like nine theaters yeah. in the whole country at How the time, many right? Was Cronenberg the only guy doing movies up there? Nuts. That's true. Yeah. If your other competition is just, a, just as weird. So I don't think I realized how little of an impact Black Christmas had. That this movie could do the same famous line mm-hmm. five years later. But a line that everybody remembers from one movie and not the original. Yeah. It's like if there was somebody in a movie five years before Midnight Cowboy. It was like, <laughs> I'm walking here. Right. And then walk, walk, Midnight Cowboy's like, we're doing I'm walking hey, here. Hey, I'm walking here. We're hoser. taking this. Yeah. Right. It's just really weird. Like, But the reason they think Black Christmas failed in the theaters was that they changed the title because people would thought it was like an exploitation movie. Oh, like... Like uh, Black Caesar. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which black actually makes a lot of sense. Because in the... 1970, there was a lot of movies with black in the title, which is why they'd never made When a Stranger Calls Black. <laughs> Box office poison. When a Stranger Calls Black. <laughs> But people, they were, so like the studios thought, were afraid that they would think it was a quote, black movie. Mm -hmm. But like, what movie would people think that is? 
Honestly, Black Christmas sounds like a movie sounds I would like want to see. Medea's Black Christmas. Yeah, like, yeah. but what? But a Black Christmas? If you found out there was a like a Black Christmas in 1974, it'd be like, I want to see that. Well, they were gonna make it Black Santa, right? With, uh... no. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I mean, we've never got nobody's used Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know what a Black Christmas. I mean, maybe that's just like the preacher's wife. Yep, that's, that's, <laughs> I think that's, that's a, a good Black one. Christmas, that's right? A good Black Christmas um, movie. So yeah, the famous quote is from a completely different movie. But the great thing about this movie, when a stranger calls back, the quote like doesn't matter because the first twenty minutes of this premise that you've seen a dozen other ways, you've seen it in the front of Scream. Mm-hmm. It's great in the beginning of Scream. Yeah, I was Drew just, Barrymore's exactly. great in the opening of Scream. It's just when a stranger calls, right? It really is. And so seeing all these other ways that have been really well done, it's just like seeing a different version of the same act. And everybody's great at it because Carol Kane. Let me tell you something going into this movie. I assumed Carol Kane was going to be in 90 minutes of this movie. I know. This this movie kept throwing me for loops. That's the, the biggest time, twist right? of this movie is how different the three distinct acts yeah. of the movie are. How the famous scene, the stuff, it's like if Jaws showed up for 20 minutes. Exactly. And then the rest of the movie was people just like afraid of a shark. And like damaged by the, like their lives wrecked by the havoc Jaws wreaked on on their town. Yeah. And the moving on. Well, yeah, it's because, especially because we had seen, and maybe that's kind of the difference between when a stranger calls and then when when a stranger calls back is that one with Jill Sholin keeps following Jill Sholin. Yeah, she keeps getting harassed later, uh, and Carol Kane and Carol Charles Kane and are both there to help her, and they all work together. So then, when this movie does not follow that, it really messes with you. But uh, it's great. I didn't. Yeah. I I thought I knew a lot about this movie, having also seen the two thousands remake. Mm-hmm. Nope, they're all different. They're all different. The 06 remake is is the premise of the phone call stretched out to the movie. We should do that do that movie next week yeah i did not know it was 20 minutes of the movie like the famous scary part of this movie that all of our parents were afraid of right Mm -hmm. was just the first 20 and then it becomes basically like a kind of a charles bronson movie yeah it really does yeah (laughs) which is a kind of a sick twist which is i wasn't expected yeah a really great uh cat and mouse through skid row kind of kind of movie yeah. For most of it. We've been living in ugly ass LA. We really have. <laughs> we have been nestled in to scumbag. I, I was thinking LA. that watching it too, because I did not expect that to happen. Like you said, we, don't, we you haven't been it to seeking be it really. Suburban living room the whole movie. Yeah. And instead, yeah, just like Angel, you're like on the mean streets of LA with uh, the junkies and the homeless I, guys and our our killer and uh but man I that opening, though, it was one of those, like, uh, I kind of had to psych myself up to watch this movie a little bit. Like, yeah. Because I was scared to watch it. Like, a little bit going in, like, I, I know it's going to be bad. I was coordinating. Because I, I knew enough of from watching yeah. the Jill Sholin one. It's like, I know it's not going to be good for the kids. I know it's going to be really scary if it's anything <laughs> like the first one. Yeah. And it's this famous movie, like you said, uh, 
known throughout. Yeah, the the second one is so for scary. being scary, and it's just like so. Yeah, I was kind of you start it, and you're like seeing her walk into the house. You're like, oh my god, it's gonna be so scary. I, <laughs> uh, this premise does so scare from me. The it, opening mm-hmm. uh, credits, it was just like, oh man, the t- it already had me. Yeah, man, didn't I, even have to do anything. I it love just uh, immediately was scaring me. Like Ty West's House of the Devil is also basically right. like a eighty minute. The same thing. This girl in the House of the Devil is like kind of just walking around the house alone for a while. We're just getting vibes. Mm-hmm. We're just getting room tone throughout exactly. that movie, right? And I'm still sitting there going, oh boy, like this is I know. this isn't going to go well. And already, Carol Kane, what a lady. I love Carol Kane. is so cute and so like scared in this movie. Yeah, right. well, And that's yeah. why this premise always scares me. When people are scared, when I buy the person scared. That scares me, right? And the way they make just a ring and phone so scary, that's like the punchline, right? That's like the, the post line. Like, you'll never trust your your phone again, right? It, it did oh. for this movie did for phones what Jaws did for sharks. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone I, threw them out. Said, going no, to, thank you. Going we don't through, answer our phones anymore. No, we don't <laughs> people started We turning. stopped answering the phone. We said, you know what? It's not worth this it. This was the answering machine invented. Somebody's yeah, just exactly. like, I'm putting an end to this. I'm gonna let this. a machine take care of this. Yeah, we are screening <laughs> this shit. Right? We're done. I know. And so yeah, going through and watching trailers for this, there's the one tagline we're like, it's like they told her everything to do except for when a stranger calls. Mm. God. Great I'm going to tell too. you, my parents, we lived out in the country. Mm-hmm. And my folks were the folks who were just like, well, he's 10. He can spend. We're only going to be gone at work <laughs> for eight right. hours during summer. What are we going to do during the summer? The grandparents are out of town. We have no options. Yeah. We're insulated out here. So, man, I'm seeing movie, watching movies like It on VHS at home during the day with nothing to do. And then my brain is just picturing that clown coming down the hallway and me turn around and seeing him through the dining room, right? Mm. If I had seen this movie, I would I would have died. If I would have been at home, Ooh. like it was all my house would get quiet. We were out in the country. If it was dark, you can see stars perfectly. Like they're mm-hmm. out in, they're out in the sticks, right? Gravel road. And man, you you don't expect strange traffic. The phone ring can be startling as hell. Because it gets quiet out there. And and these phones used to ring so loud. Oh, man. And, and I read that they, they increased the volume of the phone every time in this movie to oh. just make it even worse and worse. Every time. It's so more ear By the fifth time it's ringing, it is like, how did people stand this? <laughs> how did we ever in survive? In your house. Like, it is, it's like a fire alarm going off every time it rings. And uh, I just, it was killing me watching this movie. Just like. Yeah, it really, it really loses noise. something when, like, uh, when we, uh, I mean, I remember our our house home phone was getting hit with, like, random fax dialing. Mm. So, so you four times a day, the phone's ringing, and you're getting the beep right in your ear, right? But it loses something with our little digital, like, beep, 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 beep. Yeah. Beep, exactly. Like, our ring, this clanging bell of a ring that, as you say, gets louder and louder by the fifth ring. Man, I was going insane with her. This woman's nerves were frazzle i had no idea if five minutes had gone by or if she was supposed to have babysat for like four hours already mm-hmm. just it was all disorienting right and she was just going nuts uh and the whole time i'm thinking like holy shit how's this gonna go 90 minutes 
how is this go? Like, she is getting phone call harassed like six minutes into the movie, right? The killer's yeah. already talking from the first phone call. I'm going, how are they? Where does this go? I know. I had the same thing where I was like, whoa, we're getting right into it then. Okay. I really thought there would be more of that. I'm so used to... It's weird for the newer movies to have even more of a tease. Mm. 70s movie is the one that you think could tease this thing out. So I was very shocked when it's like, oh, the killer's already telling her weird things. Also, though, it was really weird that she hadn't checked on the children. Oh, my goodness. Maybe the worst babysitter in movie (laughs) history. Sorry, you're lovely, I get that the guy saying it was threatening. Yeah. And... But the guy, she, yeah, the guy keeps saying, check on the children. Right? Yeah. Or why haven't you checked on the children? That yeah. kind of a thing. And yeah, I don't think even before that, though, we have no evidence that, and and man. These kids are sleeping when she gets there. babysitting job. You get there, they're already asleep. Yeah. You and, just got to chill out. And then after little. multiple phone calls urging you to check on them, you're still like, this is getting mm. a little out of hand. <laughs> I got a lot but of homework. Not to do. once did was she sitting there going like, you know, I haven't checked on the kids in a while. The kids, she never considered these kids. It was always just like, who is this? Yeah. Well, she what... didn't know the guy. You know the yeah. She didn't know the call was coming from inside the house at that sure. point either. <laughs> sure. So it's not like because at the end there, you're definitely like, okay, she's not going to go up there. She's going to run out of the house because she knows the guy's up there. But before she thinks it's like someone across the street or but even, someone nearby. So, so but that's why that, it's like man. go check the children. If you were in a house that had kids in it, little kids in it, and a call that you could be from anywhere keeps asking you about like, what about the kids? <laughs> like at a certain point, it's your babysitter duty. Yeah, get up. Certain there. point, it's crazy you that she did not to sit these babes. But there was never even like a. Until, like, she was almost going to, like, conf- now I'm forgetting if it happened at the, in the beginning part of the third act. But she, like, kind of walks up the stairs a bit. I'm pretty sure for most of these calls, she wasn't even, like, looking up the stairs afterwards. No. She's like, ah, eh, this is some guy. She doesn't even know what room the kids are in. Like, literally. <laughs> like, she's, it's like, they're upstairs. She's like, great. I don't care, man. Yeah. I got a lot of geometry to do. And honestly. But, yeah, it, during that opening scene, yeah, she goes halfway up the stairs at one point, And then okay. the phone starts ringing again. And she's like, ah, gotta get that gotta phone. Get the phone. We people, yeah. You think and people are tied to their phones now? Like people would pick up that phone. What point are you just cradling, like taking the thing off? <laughs> just un- <laughs> at what unplug point it. did she just? That's I guess that's why they can't make the movie as well now, right? People, it's like the cell phone. You stuff just block her. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they get around that by just having the killer like just well, find what, a way around it that nobody needs exactly. to explain. Right? That would be a fun little bit of like the killer trying to call in. And Terry's like, come on, pick up, pick up, pick up, come on. Pick up. Yeah, nobody's pick picking up. up. This, girl, this girl's a sitting duck. That's because they didn't this tell her. mailbox what... is full. I can't even leave a threatening <laughs> message. <laughs> they didn't tell her what to do when a stranger calls. Yeah. Now we are used to just receiving several spam we calls We know a what day. to do now. Yeah. And they it's were not silent. used to it there. But I, th- I thought Carol Kane was going to be the whole movie. I had yeah. no idea that we would get actually four really great acting performances. I didn't know how much of a Charles Durning movie this was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how much of a Colleen Dewhurst movie this was going to be, who was in the movie seemingly as much as Carol Kane. That's the older uh, Barfly the, lady. Yeah. Yeah. Which, for a movie where Carol Kane made, every poster of the movie is only Carol Kane. Mm-hmm. Every, every ad about the movie is only Carol Kane. I did not see a single trailer with Colleen Dewhurst in it. It was just Carol Kane, right? Right. They are advertising a 20-minute short with like a 75-minute like cop drama. Mm-hmm. 
that's crazy that they did this and also made it all really good. Uh, we haven't gotten a chance to talk about her, but she's like, Colleen Dewar's like a legendary uh, Broadway actress and uh, was married to George C. Scott. Like they were a big uh, acting couple, right? Twice. One of those cool acting couples that got divorced and then like got married. <laughs> like, together, you yeah. know, like, well, we got kids, you know, we're both doing the same. We're showing up at the same places anyway. Yeah, right. Uh, but she was on, uh, I don't know if, so the show Avonlea, Anne of Green Gables. Avonlea mm, was no. like it was like a big thing in Seventh Day Adventist households. So I know that I know uh, it was what Sarah Polly, <laughs> Sarah Polly, child acting in this late eighties kind of wholesome Canadian drama. Sure, huge, it, just like Highway to Heaven, big in right, right, Seventh right. Day Adventist households, right? And she was like a main character on that. Murphy Brown's nice. mom, she's great in this. Yeah. And this is a role I had, so I've enjoyed her in so many other things, and she's just. A fixture on 70s and 80s TV, right? Oh, yeah. That makes sense. And had I had no idea she was even in this movie. She's got such a distinct look. It's this, like, beauty, but also, like, weathered. Mm-hmm. Really weathered. She's Definitely. very, she's like a handsome woman. She's a perfect part for this role, yeah. Well, but, like, but like a, a beauty, you know? This, yeah. like, uh, you know, like, postured, like, cultured kind of woman but also in this way she's like a like you said barfly mm-hmm. kind of a dirt bag and i thought she was so good i didn't know we'd get like two great different female performances i just thought this was gonna be 90 minutes of carol kane owning it I and mean, she does own yeah. whenever she's on and our killer I, I i was just gonna say i didn't know it was gonna be such a deep dive into like the psychoanalyst of, of a serial killer you know madman killer yeah um, this, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it was such a dip into the ten to midnight kind of yeah. killer's mindset. Because uh, yeah, what's so shocking about this movie is that they catch the guy. Yeah, he kills the kids. I knew that was going to happen, which was I was so. Yeah, I like, will say bad babysitter, not checking on the kids. But it's like uh, it's tough that she did, she didn't technically have a chance. Those oh, no. kids were dead. Like. Probably not long after she arrived. That's oh, man. that's what. Yeah, they say the kids have been dead. This is one of those movies too, where they go into like too much detail of like telling you like the, the bodies were so mangled you couldn't even. It's like, do we really need that? No, man. <laughs> that, that really put it over for me. Honestly, there's a line. With his bare hands. Yeah, there was a line when they weapons. said that the kids were killed. They couldn't identify the weapon, so it was only could have been done with his bare hands. And they'd made it seem like these kids were literally torn apart. Yeah. Holy shit. It's, like uh, what is pretty intense. The like <laughs> But uh yeah, but the killer uh when they find out the calls are coming from inside the house, she runs and they catch the guy. And then it's one of those like 7 years later and the killer has escaped and then we follow him escaping and Charles Durning uh chasing after yeah, him for I, more than an hour. Oh yeah, uh, I mean it's, it's we just even Charles Durning. Think with, about going back to Carol Kane. We do a seven-year jump ahead. Yeah, after the Carol Kane, like you know, finally hunter. getting driven to run screaming out of this house after you know twenty minutes of harassment, and then we get this weird like too long freeze frame on just Charles Durning's face. Like, he's strange. just waiting right outside the door, and it just is held like yeah, freeze dirt like. That is a weird transition because, yeah, it looks like he's there when she runs out the door, but it's him, like, showing up later to investigate. Yeah, and then it does a – and I guess that's but just yeah, really bluntly saying it's Charles Durning's movie now. <laughs> yeah, Now, exactly. get used to this face. You're watching Durning <laughs> put in some work. Get, get ready for this resting uh, 
Don't give a fuck face. <laughs> Charles Durning. God bless Charles Durning. Another act through doing this He's podcast. He's becoming a show legend. On yeah. Thing. We came into this already in love with so many guys. Yeah. We have a literal list of guys who we just love, right? And we're just, the longer we do it, the more guys, known guys, guys we just haven't tapped into yet. You know, we became Durning guys, I think, after Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Big sh- show classic. Yeah. Right? Show favorite. He's he's so good in it. And, uh, you know, I never, I never consider myself a Hal Holbrook guy. Mm-hmm. Until we started this, it's like fully a Hal Holbrook guy at this point. Absolutely. Full, full guy. Rituals, it's like, yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's the best. And Durney is just such a... I, I love him for the same kind of reason, Different reasons, but same reasons that I love Dennehy. It's just like... Totally different guy, different shape, but just a guy who's looking like Charles Durning. Yeah. He acts exactly. like Charles Durning. He looks like him. You know, it's great that he just gets, they found, just keep putting Charles Durning in things like this. And he's so good and so reliable and so funny. And I kind of, st- I haven't seen him this maybe uh, intense. Yeah. He was, he's he got was, this natural intensity. He's got these kind of. St- the sleepy eyes, the way he kind of just looks up from his eyes, and uh, the way he kind of just slouches on everything. And this is also a very like, like very not slow, but like methodical, methodically moving movie. I think like s- slow every, is everyone fair. like moves kind of slow mm-hmm. throughout this thing in in a weird way. Well, everyone kind of so yeah. He he's just got this way of like slowly closing the office door and slowly. Going over to his friend at the party. Well, it's a, it's a great lived-in kind of movie because all these scenes, for a short, what, 90-minute movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a lot of real-time scenes. Right. And a lot of the scariness for me of, of When a Stranger Calls Back, aside from... We don't, we don't just love Jill Sholin because she's the number one fox. <laughs> Her, she's so good in horror movies. Scream queen, absolutely. Right, legend. And she's never been better. Than in when a stranger calls back, because we just get this cut of real time fear. You know, I think they said something like she, Carol Kane, had been there for a few hours, so we were getting these condensed calls, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was it's a more of a cheat. You can tell, like it's supposed to be in real time in the Jill Sholin one, and it is just harrowing. And so, the real effectiveness in this movie and getting these real played out scenes, because for as scary as the Carol Kane stuff. The way they let the bar scene between our killer and Colleen Dewhurst just play. And the way the guy really wasn't doing anything, and yet he felt like everything he was doing was the wrong move. And a clear red flag. And the way that she is refusing to, like, budge and let this guy get one on her, right? Mm -hmm. And he just keeps acting like a weirder and weirder guy. He's just a weirdo. Just a weird little guy. Yeah. He's giving off bad vibes to everybody from the very beginning. He's, yeah, we, we catch up to him, yeah, trying to pick up that the, the bar fly in the bar. And nobody wants anything to do with this guy. No. You almost, the, and it's an hour of that. It's an hour <laughs> of him, like, getting his ass kicked, getting chased around, getting rejected by people. You, there's a whole montage of him, like, begging on the street because he's escaped from this mental institution. And now he's homeless. On the streets I, of I love how they handled this killer. And how you the almost dirty start ass... going like, yeah, this is this is what a, an insane person would probably end up doing. Yeah, they. This guy is so. I don't know this dude. 
I don't no. know Tony Beckley. He was terminally ill during production. Oh, wow. He died not long after this movie, like oh. within a year, right? Cool film trick to, crash, to cast a dying man as a criminally insane, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, man. You're going to go out a legend, dude. I mean, I love, so he's, he's criminally insane, escaped, men, you know, the fact that he wasn't, they didn't make him some kind of cunning, evil sociopath mm-hmm. or make him Mike Myers, like, just root of evil that can't, like, conventional weapons can't harm him. <laughs> yeah. Like, he was just... Death a, has come to your town. Yeah, he was. it was nothing like that. He was not He was not a genius at all. There was no riddles. Right, exactly. He wasn't, no motive, no backstory. He's been playing it by nothing. ear There's no while. reason for any of it. He just killed a couple of kids. No reason, no nothing given. He's just a, he's just a bad dude, right? This is also one of those movies where you have to suspend that disbelief, though, because it's like, so this guy f- randomly picked this one house in the suburbs that just happened to have a secret second phone line that nobody knew about, and he knew the house's <laughs> other phone number to How call the babysitter. How many people had two li- Was that a thing in the seventies? I don't think. Did you so. call a phone? Could you call your own phone? I really I don't know about the seven. We didn't have a second phone. I don't know about that. But it's like, <laughs> how did he know the house's phone number to call? I, now I will say our phone. He just he got luck. It's one of those like he get, he's a you know the dog yeah. that caught the car. Like he yeah. just got lucky with a couple sleeping kids and. Now, Charlie, I am from another generation as you. <laughs> I, <know that. laughs> I mean, I we are we are close in age, but there's that like occasional big differences, big shifts. You know. America kind of changed like 20 years from 84 to 87. Mm-hmm. When, yeah. we're, so we're like three apart, but like a lot of changes happened in these years, right? Now, I will say we had a corded phone in our kitchen until like two, the 2000s. Mm-hmm. My parents still had this thing. It was the same phone in the kitchen on Mama's family. Yeah. It was this like everything was yellow. We had the same yellow fridge from the 70s too for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yellow phone. The cord was like 20 feet long. Oh yeah, I remember you go, like courts. two rooms over, right? Yeah. But it had this little panel with our own phone number, like written on it, like oh, a little course. emergency card little panel list of on numbers. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had that on the fridge. Yeah, we had the numbers on the fridge. So I'm, but I don't remember our own. Yeah, I don't remember the own phone number. I don't know how the guy knew to call the downstairs, but he I'm saying lucky. he could have. Uh, we were more open with our secrets back then. We didn't lock our house. Yeah. We lived out in the country. We did not lock. We didn't lock our cars. Still don't. My parents don't lock the door. Rob them blind. Everything's <laughs> opened up out there. No, they started locking the doors sometime. Probably like nine eleven. Sure. <laughs> no, honestly, it was probably when my dad accidentally watched when a stranger calls. He's like, "Well, that's that. That's the end of this." <laughs> he stopped watching. We're putting that he stopped. On. He like had nightmares for years from aliens. Mm-hmm. That was like horror movies are banned. We don't rent these horror movies anymore. So it's like if he he would be the kind where it's like, well, these locks are put, getting put into play. Unrust these hinges. Mm-hmm. No, man. For at least through like the eighties, we did not lock that door. Nobody lived out there. If you saw a car coming out there, it would be one of those like in Bonnie and Clyde when you're like, what's this dust pattern coming up? <laughs> like a car coming into town was a noticeable thing out there, right? Yeah. So yeah, again, living out there, if the phone had rang. My life's over. That's it. We we would get like trap really random traveling salesmen back then when those that was still a thing. It's just like, man, if people are coming out here, that's deep. 
I'm immediately not trusting any of these people, right? Yeah. I had conversations through the door of that place when I was, you know, 11, 12 years old. That's weird, man. That's scary. And this is just all like with a person not even there. Imagine somebody just harassing you over their phone, right? Yeah. There's enough for a movie there. So the fact that they turn it into this whole killer profile and also a Charles Durning profile and also a Colleen Dewher. I've said that name 80 times now. It's mm-hmm. never a name been mentioned on any of our other <laughs> 240 episodes. Finally, yeah, Colleen's come here. But I know because Charles Durning has such a complicated role himself because he's the investigator who's now a private this investigator. This case was so bad, it made him quit being a cop. Yeah. He was this, so this horrified by him. what he yeah. saw that he didn't want to... And now... And the injustice of the guy not you know, being found insane and not going yeah. to a prison. And then he escapes. And, and then, yeah, Durning is basically becomes a manhunter this whole movie. He makes it clear. He, he states it outright. I got a feeling Bronson's blunt. But even he's not just like, I'm going to kill this specific guy. <laughs> he really does. He walks right into his friend's uh, police station office, his friend who still works for the cops. He's like, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> yeah. And his friend's like, yeah, buddy. <laughs> you can't just say that like, here, man. Also didn't know Ron, o- Ron O'Neill. Cool. Uh, built. He was uh, yeah. He was like Superfly. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. But then when he like lost the hairline, that's when it's like going right into character Ooh. actor roles, right? That was an intense hairline. Okay. <laughs> Ron <Ronald laughs> went bald, man. He was super bald. I, I that guess... was like the time when like Larry David had the same thing. It was like, you're bald, but you still have a fro going out the sides. <laughs> yeah. So you just have this kind of like... It's like how much better Costanza... On top of your like head. Costanza looks so much better when he trims down the sides in the later seasons. Earlier ones, it's like he's still... It's like, I guess you're just growing out the edges yeah. to compensate. I don't know. But yeah, Ron O'Neill's got the great... Just the smooth over comb over of like part of it. It's like this guy was super fly, right? Now I think of him from Red Dawn. Mm-hmm. It's one of the other dictators, mm-hmm. right? But he had a cool character actor career after you know breaking out big with that character. But yeah, so he's just like, what are you doing, man? I'm giving you. Yeah, he's giving the during his. He's uh, got a great line where he's just like you, something like, "You are testing our friendship here <laughs> by admitting your plot to murder a man." <laughs> yeah, and. It's just so crazy that I'm saying history, but like, I think it's pretty fair. You and I have heard about movies. We know about things. History seems to remember this movie entirely being Carol Kane's movie. Right. It's crazy that there's... Yeah, you never hear... Of, yeah, exactly. You don't associate this with, yeah, the, the deep uh, psychological... No, this back is and damaging forth, stuff. Mindfuck stuff that goes on, yeah, for an hour, where uh, Durning eventually meets up with Colleen... Right, and she says, "Yeah, this guy was here." Because yeah, there's a whole scene where the 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 killer, when we see him at the bar, get rejected again, repeatedly, and again. And this bartender's doing nothing. What to a help. puss! I hate this who bartender. Who is this guy? This is the least effective bartender I have ever witnessed. A woman who is seemingly a regular at your bar is being harassed by a guy you've never seen, and you still give that guy the drinks. Like you still like are like okay he's giving he's me still money. Still just trying to keep the peace here. How bad? But of tell a... that guy to buzz off before you, the violent pool player you know is also regular there is gonna because <laughs> that bartender knew like oh man this guy's gonna beat the shit out of this dude <laughs> and he just does, does nothing. This this whole scene I think is and my... it just takes so long. It's you know, like I said like it's so methodical this 
she shifts her seat. He shifts his seat. It's this long, silent pause of him just staring at her. And you're just like, oh, my God. I think it is far and away like my favorite scene of this movie. This The whole section. Yeah. This whole second act, the second it becomes her story. She is this. She's like a woman who like like the best looking woman from the Dust Bowl. <laughs> you see an old photographs from Oklahoma and she's like, it's that weathered beauty, right? Mm-hmm. And like, uh, or like a woman, if she was in Massachusetts, she would like be the woman accusing another woman of being a witch. <laughs> right. She's like that one, like a tough broad, right? And the way she deals, this guy is, our killer is playing the most annoying game of like, stop, like, I'm not touching you. Mm-hmm. Right. He she is never giving him one friendly signal. He tries to buy her a drink. She politely is like, she starts us off polite and goes to like, I know this shit real quick. Right. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of passes through this wall where she kind of can't believe this guy is like still coming. So then she's like a little (laughs) amused by him that this guy is just, I don't know, mentally, like mentally ill. Yeah, exactly. Like, like she's almost like treating, like maybe he's a guy that actually doesn't know how to like, like maybe she's thinking like a weird, sweetly retarded man. I don't know. He kind of gives like off a that Forrest vibe Gump as well. kind of thing. Yeah, but there's because he's not doing anything outright sinister. He does just seem mentally impaired. But it also feels super sinister. Like mm. it's just all bad vibes, right? Bartender's not helping, and when she starts to break a bit, first time she she like yells at him. Because she moves down the bar. She is very obvious about, like, not wanting anything. Yeah. Nobody could make it, make it, you know, confuse this for leading a guy on, right? She has dealt <laughs> yeah. with this kind of loser at a bar before. She She's a woman who's been in some bars, yeah. dealt with men like this probably for a long time. And when this guy just keeps pushing and eventually gets, yeah, beaten, it made me think about how kind of just disturbing this whole movie had been up to this point mm-hmm. like halfway through probably but then i always was thinking that this movie is technically like pg content this could play on tv pretty much unbroken you know in the in the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. it got an r rating because i think everybody but it's that cronenberg thing where you're like i know that's a butthole <laughs> like cronenberg's getting it past the like the ratings board knows they're getting it past they're like we can't technically do it yeah. He did it just enough. We know, but it's just, we know what he's it's doing. It's one of those where it's like R for like adult situations. Yeah. This whole movie is adult situations. Yeah. It's like, there's no swearing. The violence is all like mostly implied. It's them just talking about knowing that Durning quit being a cop because kids were pulled apart. Technically not, not an R rated movie. Right. Mm-hmm. But that the ratings board saw it and was just like, we know what you're doing. We know how scary you're actually yeah, making you're trying this. To, you're trying to scare people. Yeah, we know you're, you're trying to scare people. Hey, we're not tr- like you're trying but, to scare me. But the fact that they, when I realized they were doing all this while actually working within a PG framework, like they were making a PG movie. The I don't think it's possible to milk a mm. PG rating more than this movie. Well, yeah, it's like this. Like you said, the scares are just like a shot of a phone. And it going off is like enough. This movie is such a tightly crafted, methodical. Again, it's, it's just what I kept thinking watching. It's just like this guy knows exactly when to cut to the phone, when to cut back to the babysitter. You know, in that bar scene, he knows exactly when to 
you know, let the, you know, the guy tries to light her cigarette, you know, right. And he knows to just let the flame go out. And, uh-huh. and, uh, yeah. It's this real time scene. We get her. You talk about a horror scene, man. Just her walking home. And then, yeah, then we see her leave. There is nothing that is, there's nobody we following her. We don't really her. see him. Yeah, we kind of know he's there, but we never see him. And it's just watching her go down the street. You're just like, oh, man. He we could know be anywhere. We know he could be anywhere. We don't see anything. We literally are just shown a walk that she has likely taken hundreds of times. She tries one time to get a cab mm-hmm. and then decides, like, oh, well, it's only two miles. Yeah. <laughs> In the middle of the night. And I'm in Skid Row, L.A. Tough broad, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, Tough. Totally. It That's need, the vibe. It's, this scene, would. she's so important to this whole arc because it wouldn't have worked. The Carol Kane character couldn't have done this oh, no. scene, right. right? It would have been too exploitative. It would have been too Little Red Riding Hood. Like, no chance. Mm-hmm. This woman seems like you can see her handling this. You can see this, just her walking home the way she's walking home has shown that she can handle this, right? So now we're seeing uh, this, this is not just a sitting duck babysitter. We don't see the killer, but we know he's now, this is a tough bra. Yeah. which is a, But it's it, still scary seeing this walk yeah. because the threat is there. It's implied. We know that she doesn't, she's underestimating him still. But then at the same time, I'm also watching it going like, why isn't he going after a babysitter? This Why guy is he going is, after this? This guy is criminally insane. He <laughs> doesn't just, seem to be choosing his targets with much scrutiny, right? No, he really he doesn't. He gets out and just like, he's looking for, I don't know, we don't get implied mother issues. He's just, he's a crazy guy, man. And the horror Fred Walton gets out of like just showing that shithole L.A., ugliest city on earth, nobody <laughs> would ever want to live, just a scumbucket of a city, right? Just showing L.A. Mm-hmm. I wonder why in L.A. <laughs> and the way they kind of have, I don't know, she's so good. She's so damn good in this movie. She kind of, there's this moment where she takes like pity on the guy, where he confronts her in her apartment hallway. It's as, it's as if she's like respecting the guy's boldness, mm-hmm. while also always aware that this guy is potentially dangerous. But yeah. I could not believe when she like invited him in. She was like taking pity on this guy. I and... also I also saw it too of her kind of going like I have to de-escalate this because mm. now this guy who's obviously weird is knows where I live, he's at my apartment. So it's like if I scream and get all crazy on him now, it's just going to lead to the bad stuff. So it's like she's so she's been around the block so much. But you also she knows how to like kid glove these sure these weirdo dudes. And it's interesting because I think like she could have got in and got that door shut quick. Like she had that she invited this guy in. Yeah. He wasn't like this guy was never this guy was pushy without actually being physical, which was which was eerie. Yeah. And he's so small that the pushiness made it it's more off putting. Like if a small little guy just started like really creepily starting stuff with you be worse if some than than if some meathead was doing it we ex, there's an expectation mm-hmm. right drunken jock is acting like an ass at the bar but like a like a little guy in a windbreaker it's just like who's this little guy and then he shows who's up this guy who's like later yeah. he's like just trying to light my cigarette like who's this guy right like is he trying to be my but like is he like does the bartender seems like he knows him because he's not doing anything but and then he's if he's in my at my apartment hallway later no 
already me- there's no way I would think to de-escalate this thing. Right. So I don't so her I'm not saying she's a bad decision maker. I'm just saying she's clearly been through these situations and she is yeah, she's going to try to get There's rid so of so much them. in her story without knowing anything about this woman. She yeah. brings so much different character to this woman. And yeah, the way she's also actually almost as nice as you could possibly be at a certain point in the situation she's put into. Right. But you like know? yeah, trying to be nice but also tell him you can't you can't be here. You can't stay here. Yeah. And then, you know, he's like, let's go for coffee. And she's like, maybe tomorrow. He's like, all right, what time? She goes, hey, man, I said maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I love that bit. It's well, like, maybe means no. Yeah. <laughs> again, as nice as you could possibly be in the yeah. situation. But I get the sense, and again, maybe I was just really feeling this scene where there's never really any implied threat from him. The threat is all just what we're now imagining. He was doing all weird things, but all of it is just also kind of just being a weird guy. When he's in her home, he, there's never, it's not like he's sneaking up with his like fists. Like, you know, he's just at a certain point feels like he's actually is angling for a place to stay. Mm-hmm. Like he is scared and doesn't know actually where to go other than killing. Right. And right, uh, where, yeah, you kind of get the sense like maybe he does just want to crash on the couch. It kind of felt like that. <laughs> yeah. And she and it felt like she kind of realizes that. And that's what give, gives her the little like, yeah, you know, like you got to go mm-hmm. like she. It's just such a fascinating scene to me. And then she ends up like basically being used as bait. Yeah. But gets talked to. She's like, yeah, that's the guy. Oh, he did that. And then agrees to be put. So now she knows he's, I don't know, it's just such a crazy arc. Right, yeah. This story, a crazy second act that I had no idea was in this movie. I know. And also, Torchies is apparently a real place. I thought thought it was so funny in the movie because we only see the inside of the bar first, right? We we come upon them. I'll tell you uh, where I recognize that bar from. Okay. That is the bar in 48 Hours. Oh. That is 100% the cowboy bar in 48 Hours. Okay. Known comedy. (laughs) <laughs> 48 hours fondly but, remembered comedy i love the scene uh that first scene in in the bar where the, the guy gets beat up by the pool player and yeah and yeah colleen uh eventually just she goes like i don't know why i come to this dump right and then she leaves <laughs> then we cut to later that night where we see her coming out of torchies yeah so i was like oh obviously she went to another place called torchies and then this guy followed her there no torchies was the first place <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She saw a guy get beat up there, gave the, like, I don't know why I come to this dump, left, and then, like, probably came back, like, two hours yeah. later. Yeah, you know, it is my place. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a double. Well, I just, that was, that was funny to me when I kind of put that together. It's like, oh, no, she went back to She's there. Yeah. After I, the guy. I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, it's like, out. oh, that guy's gone now. I can go back to my spot. All right, I'll go back. And so I kind of love, you know, it's great. You have but, a bar your comfort, bar your comfort blends, a nice thing, right? I never seen torchies outside of. I thought it was a fake Walter Hill thing, like Red Apple cigarettes. Because mm-hmm. there's torchies is the bar in Streets of Fire. Oh yeah, and then I, I forget if it's in Forty Eight Hours. Now I'm getting confused because I know this interior is Forty Eight Hours bar. So now I don't. Now I'm all confused. Walter Hill just ripped. He saw time. this bar in When a Stranger Calls, and he's like, "I'm going to put it in all my movies." I think so. Why wouldn't you? That's a cool little, yeah, through line. Just the, the same bar, Torchies. 
Torchies. I Torchies is such a fake Streets of Fire bar. Yeah. Is this an actual place in LA? <laughs> when LA was a dump. <laughs> when LA just Man. Was the Crazy Horse West real too? Man, think of LA had just like fancy strip clubs mm-hmm. that weren't actually that fancy. What a town. Man, what a shitty what place. A to, what a cool shitty place. <laughs> was Encino like this? Like, was it just L.A.? How far out did you have to go, right? Oh, I want those days. Maybe that we're just being drawn to these things. But the Durning stuff, like, when he becomes this... I've never felt Durning in the Bronson role. Mm-hmm. He's mean yeah. in Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. But it's this more of kind of a trickster. Like, you know, yeah. I'm covering up a well, murder. Bad guy. Not yeah, a, like, exactly. telling his cop friend, like, I'm going to find this guy. I'm going to kill <laughs> kill this man. Like, Jesus, dude. <laughs> and he's always a, he's like a, always just this same level of out of shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks like the, we talk about that body type in the, like 40s and 50s noir movies where it's like the fat but buff guy. Yeah. Where he's like wearing his brown slacks pulled up over his belly button. He's fat, but also he's like, Got a Street Fighter persona. Exactly. Never really seen Durning do that, and this is the closest we get to that. He's like hunting a man, and he's got like a brown sweater on, and like you know, just like a pot belly, <laughs> just kind of shuffling around. It's LA almost like Robert Prosky hunting a guy. Yeah. It's just a he. Durning usually comes off more like drunk holiday uncle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so to see, see, so to also see him just, God bless him, looking like him in this movie. It made him running up and down flights of stairs, actually in a foot race with a man, made this real. This was some, we talked about the punishment Hal Holbrook went through in rituals. Mm -hmm. The physical, like, just nature against man, right? Dernan taking two flights of stairs, I didn't see it coming. I had, some of these are straight shots. Yeah. And it's like, did he know he was signing up for this much running? (laughs) <laughs> it's so real because everything you you talked about his uh, meticulousness, mm-hmm. this slowness. You know, you knew we were gonna get like a, a just a great eating scene. He has this beautiful classic burger in his office at one point, and Durning. Maybe that's why I likened it to Dennehy because I know if there's a scene that called for Dennehy to eat a burger. Denny, he would be just like grabbing a handful of fries, shoving them in his face, <laughs> right. talking through burger. Like, there's no spit bucket right. here, right? Charles Durning is just like, I get to eat a burger in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's his idea. <laughs> it's just like, you know what would, you know would make this guy real li- lived in? Yeah. Just if I got to eat like a ham sandwich, like every scene. <laughs> Aldo Ray having ham sandwiches written into his writer. No, Durning is just, he's a real dude. And he is running stairs like a real dude. Mm-hmm. That's why I love that show, Cannon, with a big fat guy. A, sh- a guy so fat that they made a show like Jake and the Fat Man. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, he's super fat. You gotta point this out. We gotta put, you know, Cannon's just getting fatter. And so, like, but yeah, when Cannon would go after a guy, it'd just be like, jeez. Just like a short little 5'8", like big fat buff guy. Yeah. It's so cool. So see how Charles Drink chase a man. This isn't exactly Clint Eastwood running around San Francisco. No, it's not. Sprinting phone booth to phone booth. Eastwood looks like a guy that could run a marathon in these movies, right? Durning, though? It made it so much more effective to me. No, it's just like, this guy wants this I was just going to say, he wants it more. He yeah. wants it bad. He is dedicated. This is the most physical work. Like, because even in that seven years, when he opened it, like, 
It's not like they slimmed down Durning in no. the flashback. This guy had been at that bod <laughs> for a while. This is the, yeah, this is the model. So yeah, him like that foot race, that chase. It's like a crim. Because again, it's not a smart like cool guy. It's not Scorpio killer mm-hmm. like in Dirty Harry, who's has cunning, yeah. <laughs> you know, and can evade. This guy is probably not making great decisions. Against a smarter criminal, Durning probably had no chance catching this guy. But like, oh. I didn't expect it to go on that long. I didn't know it could go on that long. How many takes did it... Can you imagine how hellish that day would have been? How many scenes did they have to reshoot? No, we were one-taking these. Mm-hmm. You can tell I, by the end of the by the end of the chase, he's trotting a little bit. He's, yeah, yeah, but he's, he's gassed, <laughs> which is which is perfect. You know, Tom Cruise running after a guy, right? Man, like a it's robot. cool watching. You know, uh, Mel Gibson sprint after a guy and take him down and lethal weapon right but mm-hmm. the stakes just feel higher the longer Durning's like forcing forced to chase duncan <laughs> it just felt like you know uh going up all these stairs and he always looks like a guy who eats like tinned meat mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he just has the red face and it is just he is sweating through these clothes <laughs> i bought into all of this this was this Colleen Dewars might have been in, on the end of some harrowing harassment, but the physical punishment that he's going through just to kill this guy. He wants this guy dead so bad, and it's such a cool angle that I got so into that I was totally shocked again when it becomes Carol Cade's story again. Right, I know. I was. It, they hit you right at the moment where you're like, we're not going to see her again because you keep waiting to see Carol Kane. Yeah, for I, an had, hour. I had stopped thinking about her. And yeah, there was no way she was coming up on, back. I was like, wow, I guess she really is just in the first 20 minutes. That's cool. Okay, strange, but yeah. All right, what? <laughs> and then, then she's doing dishes. You're like, hold on. This movie goes into a third type of horror. Um, and it does every one of these acts so great. And now suddenly, this new kind of horror where. The worst night of this woman's life happens again out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. This guy just has the same idea. And he's so... (laughs) I didn't even see it coming. (laughs) (laughs) It's his same idea he's used so many times. And it's always good. It's a different kind of fear, man. When she gets... She's just in a restaurant. She's got a night out with her husband. You knew... Once she comes back and she's now the... She's the mom. She's got the two young kids. Yeah. Her husband's the upstart salesman. And they are going out and leaving the kids behind with a babysitter. You're like, I've been down this road before. So you talked about, I don't care about the suspension of disbelief with the the telephone calls. Like, what are the odds? Like, the the way the guy gets the information, (laughs) intercepts the information. I love it. I love it. I know they actually they actually try a little bit to explain that why how he rediscovers uh, yeah. Jill the the uh, Carol Kane uh, character because we see that he's picked up a newspaper and she's in the she's you know won some award or something yeah leads a board of directors somewhere but it's like her name in this so it's like so from this newspaper article he figured out where she lived. <laughs> Yeah, where she was going on the date that night. <laughs> oh, the man. number of the restaurant to call her. You <laughs> dial of the restaurant is such man. It's like what? 
it's such a good gimmick. <laughs> it's so good. The idea of this guy's theater picture, just all the stupidest like, you know turn I'm going to go back to my, have you checked on the children bit? That was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah playing the greatest hits. Yeah. Right. You know, the last time I was happy. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to do that again. Oh, getting out and do. Get, and then you, it's like he calls the restaurant. It's like, uh, oh, um, it's, uh, <laughs> Is Jill there? The confidence he had to know that, like, this <laughs> yes, is going to work. I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, I'll hold. Sure. He, like, just... Dis- and then you see, yeah, like... <laughs> but the great... Here's my chance. I love the the waiter, like, went up to her and, like, like knew her name. And so that... Did he all... Was there a different conversation where he's like, she's got curly blonde <laughs> hair. And... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really like table seventeen. Come on, like man. A, a real like <laughs> Russian Jewish features, and uh, you know, like yeah. So the guy he came right up to her, knew exactly who she was. Yeah, I don't care. I love it because the way the second she re- just boom knock out, you would you would you would have a heart attack right mm-hmm. there, right when you, I don't know how long it takes some somebody to get past that. Probably pretty long. Failure right? as a babysitter. Yeah, yeah. You'd be uh You got super into the last to Halloween ends, which mm. starts in the same mm-hmm. kind of wrongly oh, yeah. blamed babysitter. Totally. And uh, yeah, a lot of life is like lucking into not being in like the wrong place at the wrong time. I kind of think that's all of it. Man. That's everything, right? Yeah. Life is the life is only good as long as you stay out of the crosshairs of whatever random shit is gonna befall yeah. you. Yeah, there's been if we had this moment at the end of our life where we can look through all of our like just misses, mm-hmm. <laughs> you and I guarantee we've had some some real scrapes, some real close scrapes. Right? We like, don't even know about. Probably. Don't, yeah, some we don't even know. Just like man, if I hadn't moved my car right then, like if I, you yeah. know it, right? I know. Some we witnessed, right? And those are the ones that can mess you up. But just the fact that, like, I, you know, I uh, would help babysit, like, my parents, friends, you know, kids mm-hmm. and stuff. It's like, I I could have been the 13-year-old kid who got picked out by some psycho killer at some point, you know. Yeah. I was Obviously. I was left home alone, sometimes for, like, a couple days, right? If my parents had a, a conference out of town, like. Sometimes the options were slim, right? You just lucked into nobody thought to check the house that day. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Yeah. Nobody came out there. My luck. Or the PG&E guy. That... Zodiac killer country. Yeah, right? In the 70s. Oh, that... My dad went to college at uh, PUC right out there at the Saint... the heart of Zodiac country. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we just we just luck out. And that's how you that's how you get there, right? And this woman has just the lousy shit, shit luck. luck. <laughs> just, just the pits. Just the pits. And she is flipping out and reliving this awful, awful night of her life, right? And now thinking it's about her children. Mm-hmm. But also, th- this is like that Hitchcock thing that always scares me. It's like when you're at your most scared, you also sound your most crazy. Yeah, right. And it becomes harder and harder to convince oh. people that you're telling like... You're spitting truth. They can't even get the words out of like why they're freaking out. Like she's having this public meltdown in the in the restaurant to the point where cops show up, like without them saying anything about kids. They're just to like, everybody in that restaurant. She's nuts. the one causing yeah. everybody's night to and be ruined. She's, and she's having one of those moments where she's just like, "Kids, home, we got gotta go." And everyone's like, 
what are you? This talking? is awful. What yeah. is happening? And right? Me, yeah, and me watching it, just going like, somebody. Yeah. No, <laughs> he check on the children already. <laughs> <laughs> Walton also knows that great horror trick of like the person not properly explaining things. It's like, no, yeah. if you just said this, everybody would understand. You can't, right? That's the moment. That's the thing. It's the, it's trying to get your keys in the locked door. Right, right. And you exactly. can't make it, right? And so the crazy thing that I learned watching the trailer from this movie, it all builds to this climax where she rushes in. The kids are fine. She looks like yes. a total lunatic. Nothing's wrong until, like, there's the killer in the house. The killer talks to her in the house. What a great scene. This is the th- thing you'd think the movie would be famous for. If it didn't have the most famous line in horror movie history, right? The man, our criminally insane guy, builds to this peak ending of him throwing his voice. Is that what happened? Is that what we get? Man, it's hard to say guy, what happened. She hears the the man from the closet. She hears she, something she in the closet. She's in bed. We've... We the kids are put away. Her mind is at ease. Well, she yeah. It's she like, realizes yeah. she was just reacting to this horrible like. She who can trust what's real or not anymore, right? She's she's on her come down, mm-hmm. getting into bed with her husband, who's sacked out already. And then the killer like talks to her. It's so messed up, hearing him from the closet, right? Seeing that crack of closet door open, right? The monster in the closet, right? But he's just like the dude right next to her. But then he's in the bed with he's her. He's in yeah. the bed with her. That's, That's the big so... jump scare. <laughs> well, so I was wondering good. if maybe she was hearing. Yeah, I can't. Now I can't remember if she was just hearing her husband kind of moaning in the closet. Because this guy, yeah. he goes so elaborate with this final prank. It is. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm going to call her up at the restaurant. I'm going to get to her house. Not going to kill the kids yet. Gonna let her think about it a little bit. She's gonna go to the kitchen, get a glass of milk. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm gonna knock out the husband, put him in the closet, not dead yet either. Then I'm gonna get into bed and really have my my fun with it. This is a major scheme. Whew. This is for too- a guy who is like begging for change. Th- Ten minutes earlier in the movie, yeah, no, no mental when he way puts to his make mind a living to it. He can really. Do this some feels up like stuff. a major scheme. Yeah, so many moving parts to this plan for him to like get his final you think he would go like you said the kids aren't even dead the idea that he goes "Mm, i got something that'll really make it sting (laughs) Mm, i don't know and (laughs) exactly but it's a such a great like classic scare like the calls from inside the house the killer's inside your bed like the killer's (laughs) getting closer and closer and you keep not nightmare stuff for real though Yeah. yeah that is a nightmare scenario just, but yeah, just him sitting there, just like, what's he doing? Sitting there, just like, eh, like, cannot wait. Exactly. Like, when am I gonna do my roller? Like, ah. exactly. like, oh man, the anticipation, right? How yeah. can you play it like just that? Like, wait for it, wait yeah. for it, yeah. And I watched the original trailer for this this movie, right, with all the great taglines and brother. It actually shows that it's Duncan sleeping next to Carol Kane. They mm. showed that. Wow. They showed that it was not him in the closet. He was in the bed. That's insane to show in the trailer. But what's great is it's not even like the big, you know, there's other big like reveals and crazy things in the movie. Mm -hmm. We're so confident we can show the final one, the big final one. 
I feel like that, yeah, when they used to make those trailers, they were like, eh, just put them kind of all together. No one's going to know if this is the beginning of the movie or the end of the movie, so who cares? Yeah, like, just show the good stuff. Yeah. Because they're not going to show in the trailer, like, 20 minutes of Durning, like, running down, you know, the Hollywood <laughs> Walk of Fame. Durning is not in this. Like I said, the trailer, Durning, not in the movie. Yeah. Colleen Dewhurst, some other movie. Like, if you went to see this film, I was wondering if people were thinking they just got this... Like we need to shove this other Durning movie in here. Mm-hmm. We didn't get. We, need, we got the first and the point, third right? of this one, yeah. and then we're going to this. I mean, yeah, it feels like a totally different movie. We didn't see the killer. We don't see the killer until the second act, until he's Durning's mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. We just hear the killer and hear about what he did. That's it. He's not a. He's. It's her movie. She's in this scene, right? And a good idea is a good idea. This movie is just filled with them, and I can see why it was a huge hit. Yeah, it, you could it, say it, that it's filled with great scary movie moments. Yeah, before these were together. defined scary movie moments. Yeah, this invented things that just seem like old hat now, but still work. Let me tell you what's surprising: that 2006 one I talked about—that was a number one movie, hmm. made like 50 mil in 2006. It was a hit. It was one of those February <laughs> release horror say, movies, that was, you know? That but... was prime time for, like, remaking old horror movies yeah. in 2006. And this and was so. one of the ones that did well. This is a concept that just keeps working. There's a reason why... Cra- like, how badass is that? Wes Craven did it. Mm-hmm. This isn't some some new director wanting to put in his homage Wes Craven moment. The guy that did Last House on the Left before this movie... It was like, I'm going to take that idea and just do an homage to that. That's nuts. That's how widely respected that first 20 minutes is. The gift that there is a whole nother great, totally different 70 minutes just puts this over the top. Yeah, I agree. It's a classic. Yeah. Undeniable. A classic that I didn't realize existed in this form. It's a good scare. What a, su- what a surprise. It's a lot of fun. It's... uh. But it's also dark and heavy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it got me, we, for sure. We love those movies that feel, that have the vibe of a strong, boundary-pushing TV movie. Mm-hmm. And that's where this hit for me. The, how scared, we were scared at dark, the first time we saw Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, <laughs> I could, the room was all just like, ugh, like, <laughs> put off by this movie, right? It's, it's PG. Yeah. It's a TV movie, right? It's aired on ABC. And this feels that it has that same boundary pushing. For, like, we're getting away with what we can do in this. It's, it's impressive, the scares they get out of this. And the humanity. What's the... Now, now I'm just thinking about the, that John Carpenter one we watched. That was the TV oh, movie. Oh, Someone's Watching Me. Someone's Watching Me. Before the... Man. The, someone's Watching Me before this one. Yeah. Same concept. Same, same kind of great. idea, right? Yeah, the stalker who's, who's watching you and you can't can't escape them but that doesn't necessarily have to show anything graphic to scare you i was scared in that one too that's a good pound for pound this theme right here gets convinced we are all the home is our little sanctuary right yeah is there anything like to me yeah the home invasion stuff is the scariest Mm -hmm. concept a strange knock at the door yeah and ruining your life that's a scary thing just you're you know you're just going around i'm doing my own little stupid things here Mm-hmm. Just let me be live in my yeah. own little stupid bubble here, right? And Don't just, call me. Don't watch me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got and, two rules. 
Yeah. <laughs> a situation like that, like in this movie, next to zero chance I would do anything correct in these situations. Would you check on the children? I mean, I think I would have. I would have immediately and suspected that something was wrong. Yeah, I would have expected something was wrong. But by the second call of being like, no, no, no. You should ch- you should check the kids. <laughs> Why haven't you checked on the children? I should be like, I really should check on these kids. Right? I'm, I'm, I know I'm harassing you, but now I'm concerned that you're not checking on these children. I would be so scared opening that door to check on those kids. We never get her being scared, and that's the reason she is. That's It's a weird thing that she's like, no, she's just negligent. I would have woken those. I would have been like, all the lights on, mm-hmm. loud mute, like, kids, get up. Come on down. <laughs> Ice cream. Like, they'll check on me. Let's have the kids come down oh, if they're I, okay. I, I vividly remember a night where I was, like, probably too young to be staying overnight alone in a house, right? And our, my parents, big house again in the country. Mm-hmm. It's like, I had just about every light in that place on. Yeah. Man, my place was lit up like fucking Kevin McAllister on home, <laughs> exactly. Christmas Eve, man. I, had, I did not take any risk. But what's crazy is that means you can't see out. Well, yeah. They can see everything. Oh, if I had thought of that then, that's it. Game over. If I had seen, I'm so glad I did not see this movie when I was a kid. I'm glad that I didn't catch this one on TV. Would have ruined everything for me. I don't think I, I think I would have been turned off from horror movies. I got just Mm -hmm. the right amount of terror Mm -hmm. and scares that I just got into them. This would have done it, man. Oh, I can see that. The fact that this concept is still being done today, still works really well today. It's never going to die. The Southern Tag formula is perfect for a reason. Mm-hmm. You can keep going back to it. Good versions of it will always connect. I want When a Stranger Calls Black. <laughs> I think that would be so I good. would see that movie tomorrow. <laughs> I want Tyler Perry to make that movie. Yeah. Anybody that makes that movie, I'll see when it, I'll see it. Yeah. I want to see Black Christmas. If Black Christmas had come out in 74, I would have. who wouldn't have wanted to see that? I well, love not America. I apparently. love Black Caesar. I want to know. <laughs> Is this a new hell up in Harlem? Like what? It came to this. It did. <laughs> uh, this was on the Peacock. If you're looking to stream it, yeah. When Highly recommended. Calls. Highly recommended. And I think I think the other one might have been on there too. Do go in like us. Watch the second one. Yeah, you can choose your own path out through the That's when the stranger calls. Yeah, watch the 2006 one. It was sure. fun. I remember being into it. I might have to check that one out. Now. Right, we, this, this episode might be coming back sooner than uh, <laughs> sooner than some other sequels. Uh, go any order you like. I think they all work on their own, even though they're all like the same idea. Mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing, actually. Can't wait to watch the Jill Sholin one now. Been itching. Yeah, watch it again. God, gonna go watch Black Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what's gonna happen. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you for listening, and good night.